little kids, uh, Thanksgiving week sounds like. Uh, now, I've, I'm thankful for a lot of things, kind of like you. Grandma got a shout out twice in that video, so grandmothers, we're thankful for you. But I ain't never in my life thank God for broccoli, all right? I'm going to have to work on that one. But um, hey, no, we're, this, is, this is Thanksgiving week, and uh, obviously today the spirit of Thanksgiving is just in our hearts, and, uh, and I hope you come back tonight. We'll share a little more time together as a family as we, uh, as we just try and, and give thanks. But uh, you know, this, this child in this video, it's so heartfelt, so sweet, and it's just stream of consciousness, isn't it? Uh, if, we, if we gave uh, the, the little child, I can't tell if it's a boy or a girl, but if we gave him or her uh, enough time there, they might get around to 10,000 reasons, as we just sang, 10,000 things to, to thank God for. And, and again, the Bible talks about a child will lead them. Uh, we're, we're kind of reminded as we hear the simplicity of, of a child's prayer. Uh, what Thanksgiving is really all about. Uh, The song we just sang a moment ago, 10,000 Reasons is the name of that song. For for some of you, that might be a a fairly new song. Maybe it's one that you've just heard here in the last uh, last few weeks or or months. But in actuality, it's it's quite ancient. At least least a good portion of it is. It comes from the book of Psalms. It comes from Psalm 103. And I want to begin here uh, just as, as we reflect a little bit about Thanksgiving, I want you to hear these words from King David that are thousands of years old. We've just sung those as an expression of praise to God. They come from Psalm 103, and what I want to do is read to you uh, verses 1 and 2 from the King James Version, because that really uh, is, is the, the v- translation, I believe, that lends itself toward uh, these words that we've just sung. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So we find here kind of the the, the summary of, of what Thanksgiving week is really all about. David invites us as he invites ancient Israel, to enter into this, this time of reflection, this time of thanksgiving. But he uses this word, bless the Lord. Now, uh, this is one of those places in Scripture, for me at least, that historically I've kind of struggled with because, uh, because when we think about thanksgiving and I think about my blessings, typically I've, I focus on God as the giver of those blessings, and I think about how he has blessed me or how he has blessed us, and we thank God for, for that quite often around here. And so it's natural for us to think about God blessing us, but, but if, if we hear these words correctly, let me just ask you, how is it that we, as Christians, as God's people, how is it that we can bless the Lord? How do we do anything to, to, bless, to bless God? Well, I want to take you back a couple of weeks. Uh, last summer, this past summer, we spent a little bit of time talking about what it means to be a blessing. We actually talked about these five practices that will, uh, in essence, surprise the world. We, we're called to live questionable lives in that. We're evoking questions from others, as Simon Peter uh, tells us to. And so one of, the, one of the first things we talked about there is, is that we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we try to be a blessing to other people. We take the blessings God has given us, we steward those in ways that then bless others. Last week, we had a stage filled with food that you went out and bought, and it has now been uh, given to some young children in this community, some families in this community, and, and so we say thank you for that. We, we took up a collection last week to be able to try and, and do that, that same thing, to help that work continue throughout the year. 
So we, we talked a little bit about this uh, a few weeks ago, a few months ago now. And if you'll remember, we said there, there are a couple of ways that the word bless can be used. The first is this, that it, it, we can, uh, something can be blessed when it is made holy, when it has uh, become sacred. And you see this in the, in the scriptures, but, but this is the work of God, right? Only, only God can bless like this. You and I can't make something holy because we are unholy ourselves, and it takes that, that holy God to make something holy and perfect and unblemished and all of that. This is the work of God, but that's one way that the word bless is, is used. Uh, it's also used this way to, uh, to speak a word of praise, to speak well of someone. Uh, a person is, is blessed whenever... Uh, whenever an individual has something positive to say about them. You read in the Old Testament quite frequently uh, in the patriarchal days, you know, Jacob is desiring the blessing of his father, Isaac. And so again, it's, it's to speak well of. What's funny is like we use that word now to kind of do the opposite, you know? If somebody says, you know, bless his heart, bless his little heart, you know, like what's about to come is something like not good. It's really not. Bless his little heart. He's He's ugly as sin, you know, or bless, you know, it's just not, we don't, we don't use it in a way to speak well of, but that's really one way that, that the word bless can be used. And then finally, uh, where we really went this summer is we said we want to bless others by putting strength in the arm of, of someone else. And there's a whole usage where the word bless means that, and, and so we see someone struggling, we see someone with a, with a heavy load, with a burden, and so the Christian way of blessing might be to come alongside them and say, what, what can I do to help? Here, let me carry that for you. What, what's in your heart? You know, so we, we talked about those kinds of things uh, again this summer. And so back to Psalm 103, David invites us to bless God. And so we have to ask the question, how exactly do we, do we go about doing this? And so again, it, to me, it's pretty obvious. Options one and option three, those, those don't really work because again, we can't we can't bless God and make him holy. can't make him more holy than he is. That, that's the work of God. And again, we're, we're unholy creatures. Sin has infected us all. We've made poor choices. And, and so we are unholy. And we, we need the holiness of God. We need him to make us cleansed and holy and free from sin. And likewise, number three, to, to put strength in the arm of, of another. Well, that's great as we, as we think about trying to bless each other or others that we come in contact with. But I'm not sure really I could do much to, to add strength to the Lord's arm. He already has all strength and power, right? I, I kind of think, think so. So we're left with this, this second option to, to bless is to, to praise, to speak well of. And I think that's what David is getting at. In the words we just sang and this word that you see on the, on the screen in front of you, we bless the Lord when we praise him, when we speak well of him. And don't forget that last line that's on there. We bless God by forgetting not all of his benefits. That's really what the spirit of thanksgiving, the season of thanksgiving is all about, isn't it? Saying it's good for us to remember. It's good for us to pause and to to give thanks. And so we have this call from the, the, the scriptures to bless the name of the Lord. And, and how do we do that? We bless God by remembering the blessings he's given us. That's my translation of what it means to forget not all of his benefits. So, this season, let's bless the name of the Lord. Not just on Thursday, although that's a great time, 
But as I want to point out to you here, the, the Scriptures call us to embody thankfulness more than just one day a year or one, one season a year. It's because thanksgiving and gratitude are really, really good for us. It was November of 2015. Uh, Denzel Washington was actually speaking at a charity event. It was a We Care charity banquet in St. Louis, Missouri. So you can imagine, the room was packed. I mean, this, this, this man's won Academy Awards. He's been in some of our favorite movies. You know, I'm personally, uh, I'm, I'm personally I kind of favor Remember the Titans. You know, that's just one of those, one of those classics for us. But, uh, but as he was speaking, he was addressing this, this crowd, and I'm not even sure what the, the topic was. I'm sure he was talking about, about the, the work of the charity. But he got off talking about gratitude. Because in the month of November, oftentimes, we're, we're thinking about what we're thankful for. People on social media are posting, you know, what they are, are, are thankful for, their blessings, all these kinds of things. And so Denzel Washington, he begins talking to the crowd, and he actually kind of gets into this, this rhythm. He starts kind of preaching. He says to the crowd, it is impossible to be grateful and hateful at the same time. Now, again, I go back to remember the Titans, and I can hear that coach's sort of cadence, you know, that distinct Denzel Washington, uh, the way that he, he kind of talks and, and phrases those words. I can sort of hear that in my mind. But pick, just listen to it again, though, when he says, it is impossible to be grateful and hateful at the same time. Gratitude kind of pushes hatefulness, pettiness. I mean, whatever we might say, it pushes those things out the door whenever we let gratitude really sink in. And then he kind of got off and he said, you know what I tell people? I tell people whenever they go to bed at night, take their slippers off and put them way under your bed. So that when you get up in the morning, you got to get down on the floor. you got to go ahead and get in that prayer posture just to get them out from underneath the bed. And he says, while you're down there, go ahead and tell the man thank you. <laughs> go ahead and tell the Lord, thank you for another day of life. I mean, you know, you can probably find it on YouTube. I'm assuming Denzel just preaches that whole time when he's talking about gratitude. But that's the way gratitude works. We know it's good for us. Not only does it make us less hateful, but just as importantly, it keeps our focus on who God is, on the provider of all these benefits. Again, the blessings that God gives us. When we're mindful of our blessings, it helps us to remember who we are, and just as importantly, it reminds us who we're not. It reminds us of who God is as well. So although this is a, a season of gratitude and a season of, of thanksgiving, that's, that's really good. But I want you to know and I want you to hear today that the Word of God calls us to be a people of, of constant gratitude. And that's really at the essence of this, this uh, second passage of Scripture that we'll look at here today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 this is what God's Word says to us. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I love that, that, that final piece. You know, if you want to know what God's will is for you in Christ Jesus, start here. <laughs> Paul says that the will of God for, for you and for me is that our lives would be filled with rejoicing, our lives would be filled with prayer, and that our lives would be filled with thanksgiving. And again, I know all of those things are on our minds this week, but notice the constant language that's used here. 
doesn't just say, you know, hey, rejoice when Thanksgiving rolls around or, or pray on Thursday before you, you know, stuff your face with turkey or uh, just give thanks on this particular day in November. No, but there's a, there's a constancy for God's people, for Christians. It's, it's always. Rejoice always, he says. Pray continually, or maybe your translation says pray without ceasing. It's the same idea. And give thanks in all circumstances. And so Paul's not addressing just like a couple of individuals here. The, the language here is plural. He's addressing the church when he gives these, these teachings here. So he's saying these should be regular components of our individual lives, but also our life together as a church, as a church that has been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. If we want to be a people who are living squarely within the will of God, then do these. Rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstances. Pray without ceasing for this. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So we we get around to all three of these, but especially gratitude, since that's what we're focusing on right now. We we recognize that gratitude is one of those constant actions for for the people of God. For for the Christ follower, for the Christian, gratitude is one of those things. it's, It's a regular discipline. It's something we engage in all the time, in every circumstance, the Word of God says. I like what this guy says. He says, posting the things you're thankful for this month makes no sense if all you do is complain the other 11 months. And I think he's got a good point, especially for Christians, especially for the people of God. We need to be people of constant gratitude, in addition to being constantly prayerful and rejoicing always. So as we close out our time here, I just want to focus on each of those three things just, just for a minute or two, okay? So the rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, and giving thanks in all circumstances. Um, when it comes to joy, we have to contrast this with happiness because it's easy to confuse those two. But it's worth saying that happiness is, is completely circumstantial. The things that make you happy, the things that make me happy, they're, they're just, usually it's, it's the circumstances of life, you know? A ball team wins a game, that makes me happy. Um, you have a good hair day, that makes you happy. Uh, you know, somebody that, that you've been really wanting to connect with, you finally are able to, you know, catch up on the phone or, or get a cup of coffee, you know, that makes you happy. And, and none of those things are necessarily bad, I'm just saying that that's sort of circumstantial. If those things didn't happen, then your happiness would not be there. You know, happiness and circumstances kind of follow one another, but joy, to be a person of, of biblical rejoicing, man, we have to say this, it's, it's much deeper, isn't it? Because joy is a, it's a choice. For me to be a joyful person, that requires a determination of the will. And, and oftentimes, I have to choose that even in circumstances where I don't feel particularly joyful, where I don't feel particularly happy. It shouldn't be lost on us that the one who's, who's writing these words, the Apostle Paul, he suffered greatly for the cause of the gospel. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians, he's already talked about how much he has suffered for the sake of the gospel, and yet he's able to say to those people that the people of God are ones who rejoice always. He's going to say this later on in his career in Philippians. He's writing from jail, remember? In Philippians 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, let me just say it again, it bears repeating, rejoice. He's writing from jail. Those aren't particularly happy circumstances, are they? 
And yet, no circumstance is able to mute the joy that belongs to Paul because he is in the Lord. So this Thanksgiving season, there may be some circumstances in your life and my life that are not ideal, that really impact our happiness. There may be some things, you know, this may be one of those holidays you're, you're really not looking forward to. Maybe you're, you're kind of on autopilot. You're just kind of thinking, I'm going to go through the motions, you know, and happiness and circumstances, I get it, because I've been there before. But if we are in Christ Jesus, let me just say this, if, we are, if you're in Christ Jesus, there's always reason to rejoice. No matter your circumstances, if you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, there's no reason for us not to be people of abounding joy because of what he has done for us. So if you're in Jesus Christ, there's always joy. I can't promise you happiness, and you know what? The Lord doesn't promise it either. But with the Lord, there's always joy. And if you're in Christ Jesus, maybe that's the message you need to hear, that that message of, of rejoicing always. So that's one thing. Let's choose the way of joy, because it is a willful choice. And when we choose that, we'll find this, that it will impact our prayer life. Constant joy leads to consistent prayer. Uh, it's so simple, but really I think it's, it's so, so vitally important. Uh, a life of joy is just going to naturally bleed over into a life uh, of consistent prayer. I don't know where you are in your prayer life. Usually this is one of those things where nobody wants to raise their hand and say, like, I have a fantastic prayer life. I don't know anybody who would <laughs> raise their hand on that. Most of us we struggle along in prayer. We, we find our way. We, we, it ebbs and flows, you know. But, but if you find yourself this Thanksgiving season kind of stuck in a, in a prayer rut, which, which happens to all of us, okay? So if, so if you find yourself right there in this particular season, it may be something as simple as this that, that would help kind of with a breakthrough. Maybe it's focusing intentionally on, on the reasons that you have in your life to be joyful, Maybe that intentional act of reflecting on what I have in Christ and what, what I ought to be joyful for, maybe that is, is really the, the, the fodder that will then fuel your prayer life, a prayer renewal. I, I found a lot of times that the, the people I know in life who are the most prayerful are the ones who are also the most joyful. So there's a link here. There's, there's a connection. Um, a book written a few years ago, it's called The Year of Living Biblically. The author is a guy named A.J. Jacobs. He's an editor for Esquire magazine. He's written in other, you know, uh, other places as well. But he has this whole thing where he, he, for an entire year, he sets out to try and live out literally the commands of Scripture. And, and he's admittedly not a very religious person. In fact, it's, it, he kind of just goes through it because it was an interesting idea for, for a book. Okay, So he's, he's, not a, he's not a believer. But what I found interesting is toward the end of that little year-long experiment, you know, he cuts out pork and he stops wearing polyester and he grows out his beard and all kinds of, you know, comical things that he does. But at the end, in one of the more poignant reflections, he says, you know, I think I'm going to miss giving thanks. I think I'm going to miss praying to God as much as I have been. Because he, he tries to literally live out this thing of praying, you know, praying without ceasing. And he gets to the, this point where he says, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and my feet would hit the ground and I would thank God for another day of life. 
Or I, I would go and I would, I would comb my hair and I would thank God that I had a home with a mirror and I, and I had warmth. And I would go and I would push the button for the elevator and I would get in and I would ride down a couple floors and I would get out and I would thank God that the elevator cable didn't break. You know, he said, it's funny, when you start thanking God, when you start recognizing all you have to be thankful for, how that feeds into your prayer life. But the shame of it is he walks away from that experiment thinking, well, that was cool for a year, but I think I might actually miss that. I hope he maybe missed it so much that he finds his way back into into a life of of constant prayer, continual prayer, because, as the Word says, that's God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Finally, uh, the church of Jesus Christ is to be a place of perpetual thanksgiving, and and this just kind of hits me. Uh, we, We give thanks in all circumstances because it's appropriate to give thanks in all circumstances, right? We give thanks in all circumstances because no matter your station in life, there's always something for which to give thanks. No matter where we might find ourselves, there's always something. There's always something for us to, to bow our heads and, and come before the Lord and say, thank you, Father. So I don't know where you might, might be. I know when we have so many people here, especially around the holidays, and you, it's a family event, and you know, there's, there, there's great joy, but there's a lot of hurt, uh, no matter where we find ourselves. I think the word calls us to to give thanks in all circumstances because that's appropriate, because that's the will of God. So as we close, just think about the the many benefits, the blessings of God. Where do you need to kind of lean in this week? What's that area that you need to thank him for the most? Maybe Maybe it's those physical blessings. Maybe that's where you want to camp out. Again, we saw last week evidence that there are families and young children within a few miles of this campus that, that, that don't know sometimes where their next meal is going to come from. So maybe that's where we need to lean in. Maybe for you, that's, that's one of the benefits of the Lord that you don't want to forget, and you want to bless God by, by remembering that particular blessing. Maybe it's an emotional blessing. Maybe it's family and friends. No matter where you are, no matter your family situation, there are people in your life that make your life more rich and more meaningful. So maybe this week is the time to, to let them know how much, how much they mean to you. Maybe you're not, maybe it's just going out in the yard and throwing ball. Maybe it's writing them a note. I talked to one family this, just at the end of the first service. And they were going through some of the effects of one of their loved ones who passed away recently. This particular person wrote notes and cards. And before he would write a card out to a loved one, he would practice so he would write it all out here, and he'd scratch this word out, and he'd circle this one, and he'd write here and here. And then, then he would transfer it over to the actual card, okay? This was obviously years ago before you could just text somebody and say, hey, love you, boom. Um, this is like what he would do. And now they found all those old manuscripts, all those old words that he, he wrote years ago and scratched out and circled and underlined and dated and that is such a, a treasure trove for this family as they're grieving this holiday. So maybe you need to just lean in and say, God, I don't want to forget and neglect these emotional blessings. Maybe most of all today, you need to reflect on the spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ Jesus. Because according to the word, we were all alienated, lost in sin. But thankfully, because of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, we are now, we've now been made alive. Our sins have been washed away. The captives have been set free. A sight has been restored to the blind and the lame walk. We have been healed. And if you're in Christ Jesus, you have a lot to be thankful for today. 
If you're not in Christ, then I hope and pray that uh, in this season of thanksgiving, you would just pause and reflect and, and ultimately give thanks for the salvation that is right there. If you need to respond to his offer of salvation, I hope you'll do that today. Maybe there's something else in your heart and you need to share it with your church family. You can do that too. Let's stand and sing this song of thanks together.